Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. And this is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Mom! And... Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the show. <laughs> Kevin was randomly walking past the tent this morning, so we dragged him in, stuck him in front of a microphone. Actually, that's not true. He was not randomly walking past. He, he was wasn't? coming here with intent to join our oh, live studio audience. With intent. He got with up intent. early to come and join our team this morning. And in Congratulations, fact, Kevin. I don't know if he knows this, but every live studio audience member gets a copy of this cookbook, Nature's Superfoods. So hand them out to the people around you oh, as well. Sweet. We've got a couple of people in here this morning. Some early birds. These are the worms you get for being an early bird. Congratulations. Right. You can come join us in the tent in the Faith FM tent. We are next to the dining hall at Big Campus Stewart's Point. You'll get a free copy of Nature Superfood. And cookbook. of course, you all know the deal. Whenever you get a cookbook handed to you from the Faith FM team, you owe us a meal. From the cookbook. <laughs> you up for that, Kevin? Yeah. Kevin, uh, can you cook? No, but I'll have to go for this. <laughs> I'm scared. A little bit of interesting trivia. I'm, I met uh, Kevin last night and discovered that he's actually named after Kevin McAllister from the Home Alone films. <laughs> yep, that's totally true. My sister reminds me that every single day. <laughs> I love it. I'm just going to call him McAllister from now on. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, hey, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. We both want to talk to Kevin. You go yeah, that's on. right. Whereabouts are you from? Uh, Sydney, Australia. Yep. Cool. Uh, what other Sydney, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I grew up in Waitara Church down there. Oh, oh okay. So the Waitara Adventist Church. Nice. Yes. And what are you yep. grateful for this morning, McAllister? Uh, this morning, I'm grateful for the fact that Varney, my friend here, got me to meet 10 new people last night at camp. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, th- I thought I helped a bit there because I kept shoving you in front of people and making you meet them. Yeah, you did. Did you tell everyone that he was named pretty after? Much, Ke- yeah, pretty much. Okay. I don't think he uh, realized yeah. that I'd, like, I'd uh, go up to like a person and whisper, this guy's named after Kevin from Home Alone. And then I'd turn around and be like, this is Kevin, this is Harley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but surprisingly, not that many people will get that reference, honestly. It's because I'm getting old and so is the movie. Yeah. Of course, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. And if you would like to listen to the live show, Mon, remind everybody how to listen to the live show. What do you say, Mon, do you want to listen to the live show? Like, I am the live show, Lyle. I want to listen to it. So if you're the, if you're the live show, what am I? You're also the live show. <laughs> <laughs> you're like one of those kids. If, if, if you're the live show, if you're a listener... And you want to listen to the live show instead of the delayed show, you can absolutely do that. Nothing holding you back. Download the TuneIn app, search for Faith FM Australia, listen to us there. Go to our website, faithfm.com.au, listen to the live stream there, or just call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM and pester us for the live show in your area. Okay, this is Jaden Levick with Wondrous Love. Do the Lamb 
That was Jaden Lavick with Wondrous Love. You're listening to Faith FM. We're about to have the first clue for the quiz. And for our studio audience, if you know the answer, put up your hand, write it on a piece of paper. Don't go yelling it out. Whatever yes, you do. those are the rules. Lay them down. And you're, not, and you're disqualified as well because you've already got a cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> you already got a prize for being here. Yeah. Well, you know, they could, they could win another one. But we do want to know if you know the answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So in keeping with the last two days, odd... Should I do another what city am I or should I move on? You you were just about to do in keeping with the last two days and now you've, now you've suddenly now changed your mind. Now I'm wondering if I should like, you know, stick a bit of variety in there because, you know, this is camp. Let me have a quick look. So what Mon number is, am is I? Just, uh, a what? You know, oh, yeah, so, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, this I'm is a that this one's going to be what am I quiz. Challenging. So, oh, and by the way, while our studio audience is sitting here, there's a prize box over here, and someone can come and pick out the prize for the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. Guys, 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 come, come, come and pick a prize. Have a pick of the prize. Uh-huh. I, I will need it in the oh, next yeah. minute, so pick quick. And okay, a piece of screwed up paper. It doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> Lyle's <laughs> laptop is not on the um, on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is no. My laptop is on the list. Anyone can have my laptop. Uh, the 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 the, uh, the, the, the 
You can just the, find the, me a the, verse the, in the, the Bible that says we should keep Sunday holy, and you can have my laptop. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I made that. I made that offer in Ethiopia. It still stands. <laughs> and he managed to bring his laptop back. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get this thing rolling. What am I? Clue number one. Solomon says the way of the sluggard is blocked by this. What am I? Solomon says the way of the sluggard is blocked by this. And our prize, which has just been handed to me by one of our studio audience members, is a copy of God's Holy Word, Is It Still Dying For? An excellent, really excellent book by E.G. White. Get a copy of that totally for free. Just be the first person to call us here on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And, uh, and you can make a copy of that. I'd love to give you our texting number, but it seems someone moved the piece of paper where I wrote down the texting number. We, 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 give that, we give that number out every single day, but we don't know what it is. Um, yes, we, we, we have sharp brains uh, here. Oh, that, oh yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's my little notepad. Okay, so if you want to text the answer, it's the producer was hiding it. It's all her fault. Good uh-huh. one, producer Shell. 0491 If you don't want to talk to us, that's fine. Just text it to us. Uh, just call in and, text, and, and call in and talk to us. Hey, uh, anyone in the studio audience here this morning know the answer? What is the sluggard blocked by? According to Solomon, is is a slug? Is a sluggard a slug? Uh, no, well, no, a sluggard is, is, is a, a lazy. A, is, is a sluggard a fighter? No, a sluggard is a lazy person. And okay. I guess probably like slow moving, like a slug. I think maybe that's where people get the two mixed up. Uh, but yeah. Uh, a person who takes lots of naps in the day. A lazy mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. Oh, a person yeah. who takes lots of naps in the day. Yeah, that's how I feel about nappers. Okay. Yeah, they're sluggards. Uh-huh. <laughs> All the next time you're jet lagged, Mon, I will remind you about. That's this. not fair. <laughs> also, I try not to nap. I try really hard not to nap when I have jet lag because you know it's bad for you. Okay, positively different news. What do you got for us? Okay, remember how the last few weeks I've been discussing uh, about nature pills and how um, they've now done so much research into the positive effects, the healing effects, the healing properties of being in nature on the human body that they can now actually prescribe time in nature mm-hmm. as a as a as you know a, a combatant to um, whatever sickness you have. So they're actually on the survey is to find out, you know, they now know it's good for you, but now they're trying to find out why it is we're spending so little time in nature. Like, what's the problem? Why aren't we getting, like, it's free. It's right there. It's just like, open the window, boom, there's a tree. Like, why are we not spending enough time in it? So they did a survey and they found out that um, <clears throat> most people only get about 43 minutes of what they call me time per day, which really isn't enough, especially because me time doesn't also... Um, necessarily correlate as nature time it can just mean like now i'm gonna watch netflix or i'm gonna like sit in the bathtub none of which is actually spending time with nature so i thought you know now that we're finding out a bit more of the problem i'm gonna tell you what the problem is and then maybe we can identify what it is that's holding up so the you show. need you need nature time as well as me time if your me time can be in nature, the the positive effects on your body would just be amplified beyond belief. Ooh. Yeah. So if you're thinking, I'm going to have some me time, don't get in the bathtub unless your bathtub's sitting in a field outside, which happens. I've been in a bathtub that's sat. Why are you laughing, McAllister? I have been in a bathtub that was in a field one time. All right. There's photos. That's amazing. Okay. I was fully dressed. Let me just... Glad you clarified that, man. Glad you clarified. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So, they found out that people... Um, uh, it's just so crazy what's... Uh, actually, one of the main ones is that they did, find... Did, did the bath have, have water in it? Yeah. It was actually green, disgusting, murky water. Yeah. It was for a photo shoot. I'll show you the pictures later. It's hilarious. But I am fully... I'm actually wearing a wetsuit underneath. I'm dressed and I was wearing... 
Anyway, this is way too... <laughs> I was not expecting to go here. Um, <laughs> what have I walked into here? <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, McAllister. <laughs> okay, so um, this is why people don't use their outdoor space. And this is specifically for people who have their own outdoor space. You know, I have a solution. I have a solution to this problem. Everybody should just come here to Big Camp, like oh, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're surrounded by nature all day long. But you, you step gotta, outside of your tent, you step outside of your caravan, you are in nature. Can't you hear the birds in the background? But you've got to do this every day. Like right now, literally, like they said the solution is often just outside the person's back, do- back door. Yeah, it's in their backyard and they don't do I'm it. I'm right? looking at two massive Yeah, but this is an windows. anomaly. This is, we're only here yeah, for yeah, 10 yeah, days okay, of the week. No, no, no. This is an anomaly. Yeah, but it's still it's a good anomaly for t- 10 days. So spending just 20 minutes in nature can greatly reduce a person's stress level. So people who live close to birds and trees are like way less likely to suffer from depression, anxiety, and stress. The people who have back, 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 backyards... And don't use them. They were surveyed, and they said that they um <clears throat> they the reason they don't go outside more is because fifty one percent said the weather, so they're sissies. Thirty six percent said work; they're too busy at work. Thirty two percent said that when they have me time, they spend it doing household chores. Twenty three percent said that they're actually not home at daylight hours, so that their days are so long, mm, leaving in the sad. dark and the yeah, yeah. That mm-hmm. is very sad, mm-hmm. especially if you have a beautiful backyard. Twenty one percent said they have kids, which is crazy because you think kids would be more of a reason to get outside. Like when you see the kids, just yeah, open so we used back to have this rule. We used to have this rule: if it's not raining, you're not get allowed. In, you, yeah, you, you're not allowed. If it's yeah, if it's not raining, you're not, not allowed in the house. Yeah, and ten percent of them said they don't like the outdoors. I tend to think that ten percent already have depression. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, th- I'm about to like. I mean, I should have gotten Bunnings to sponsor this, but a lot of them said this is crazy that they would be more happy to spend more time outside if their outdoor spaces weren't in the shabby state that they're in. Because as we just discovered, a lot of people aren't spending their time in their own backyards, and so things are becoming worn down. And they said they're kind of embarrassed by the state, and like this is crazy. So a lot of the research discovered that if they just like did a bit of DIY out the back, they would be happy to go out the back. So they said more plants, more flowers. That was 52%. 40% said they'd like some new furniture. 29% said a new deck and patio. And 28% said just some power washing of the exterior would entice them to go outside. So you thought this is all yeah, about how to get outside. This, this, this piece is actually area. about doing a bit of DIY and cleaning up your outdoor space so that you are more attracted to going to your own outside door. Yeah, but see, my outdoor area is terribly worn. My deck is worn. The pool has sort of popped five inches out of the ground. Half of the bricks are starting to come loose on the side of it, but it's still an awesome place to go. Yeah, true, but some people will be affected by that. Yeah, no, I'm just more comfortable there. Yeah, I don't have to stress over it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's just a bogan coming out of me. But if and it's, it's just like, well, I don't have to stress over it. To it. You know, you, if you've got something that's too nice and you're always worried like, oh, somebody's going to scratch this or somebody's going to bump that. I think the bottom line it's definitely like, is. like, go out there, sit, relax. The bottom line definitely is, irrespective off, of how shabby your outdoors is. Just get out there. Just get out there anyway. And if it's really causing you to not enjoy it, to not feel comfortable, then do something about it. Kevin, what's your favourite outdoor environment? Beach or mountains? Beat my mountains? Beach uh, or mountains? Yeah. My favorite outdoor environment is uh, the bushwalks that are always around Sydney, like the edges uh, of mountains. Sydney. So he sees a mountains man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The hikes and the, uh-huh. and the trees. Mountain man. That immediately made him sound way more manly when you said mountain man. Mountain way man. more manly than what? He's a pathfinder. 
Oh, he's a Pathfinder. For those who don't know what Pathfinder is, it's kind of like a scout, Boy Scout skills. Yeah, that's and that was like my whole teenagehood, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hikes Amen. and camps. It's, it's good amazing. stuff. Yeah. That's good one stuff. of the cool things about Sydney. Sydney is one of the world's greatest cities because it has uh, one of the world's greatest harbors with um, the world's, you know, one of the one of the world's most beautiful uh, world heritage national parks, whatever, all the way around it with um, amazing mountains. I just want to tell you one tiny quick other story. Don't get too excited about going outside just yet. Twenty-year-old uh, Colin Nulgit and his girlfriend Chantel Johnson went out for a daytime fishing trip at Keep River National Park which is up in far northwestern Australia and uh, their car got stuck in the mud and the crocs started to circle around um, thankfully uh, they got out of the car and managed to navigate past crocodiles and wrote in the sand a huge big help sign and uh, and then uh, they had notified their parents they were going to be going out and the parents noticed they were missing and called the police and they sent out a rescue he- helicopter and actually saw the help sign in the sand and managed to get them out uh, without getting munched by the crocodiles. So did they uh, yeah. winch the car out as well? Yeah, little too much outdoors for them. But yeah, praise the Lord that they're safe because that would have been a really terrible uh, incident to happen in Australia and it would not have been great for uh, our tourism. I want to play next on the song now. This has actually uh, been picked by... Another one of our studio audience members who will stick on the microphone shortly, and that's Vani, whose birthday was on Saturday. And she picked the song, I Sing the Mighty Power of God. Come and join us in our pop-up studio tent, and you too can select a song. I sing the mighty power of God that makes the mountains rise. That spread the flowing seas abroad And built the lofty skies I sing the wisdom that ordained The sun to rule the day The moon shines full at His command And all the stars obey I sing the goodness of the Lord that filled the earth with food. He formed the creatures with His word and then pronounced them good. Lord, how Thy wonders are displayed where'er I turn my eye. If I survey the ground I tread, or gaze upon the sky, there's not a plant or flower below, but makes thy glories known. And clouds arise and tempests blow, by order from thy throne. While all that borrows life from Thee is ever in Thy care. And everywhere that man can be, Thou, God, art present there.
You were listening to Vocal Union with Icing the Mighty Power of God, which was selected by the one and only Vani, who came to us, came with us to Ethiopia. Vani, welcome yes. to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Vani, I won my Jew. I'm so happy she's on the show. Do you know, this is a really epic moment for me because like three of the most important people in my life are sitting at this table, including my two best friends. And I'm so happy. I'm a little bubble of goo right now. Yes, anyway. we have noticed. <coughs> It's all right, Mon. Let me give we'll, another we'll clue for this quiz. For later. <laughs> so, there's no helping me. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably true. Okay, let me give you uh, the third, uh, second clue for our What Am I quiz. Clue number two. Gideon taught the men of Sukkoth a lesson by punishing them with these. Gideon taught the men of Sukkoth a lesson by punishing them with these. If you know what the answer is, give us a call. I'm going to have a crack. I'm going to have a crack. Is that number? Lyle's going to give it a crack. Oh, by the way, if Lyle doesn't get this right, we will give you two prizes. Two prizes if you can get it before. Stop writing so big, Lyle. Everyone can see that. Lyle has it correct. Put that down upside down so no one can see your answer. Anybody else? Anybody Anyone else? Anyone else now? Studio live studio audience. If you want to. Oh, Jasmine has it correct. Jasmine's a gun, man. She's, she's a got gun. it. She's nailed it. She's, she's answered it. Well done. If you want to join our live studio audience and have a crack Barney, at the quiz Kevin, as well, Kevin, anybody find us. else? Got We're in the Faith FM tent. It's got our banner all over it. It's right next to the dining hall. Just do a lap of the dining hall and you'll see us in no time whatsoever. All right. So where are we up to? We are talking about more serious stories. Yes. There yeah, must be my now? segment. Okay. There's a number of different things that are happening around the world right now. And of course, you know the ongoing tragedy in Sri Lanka that we um, that we do need to mention. Particularly as we're coming up to Anzac Day, we're, when we're going to remember all those who have given their lives in defence of freedom, and we see, you know, just massive tragedies like this in the in the continuing war on terror. And you know, you hear this news coming out that there was connections with uh, Islamic State, there was uh, connections with you know that's seen, seen as being a retaliation for what took place in New Zealand. And you see the hatred rising in our world. We need to do something to. Um, to defuse the amount of hatred that there is in our world, and one of the things that I thought was um, was really really positive was you know a Buddhist temple up in Darwin, you know having a memorial service for the Christian churches that um, that uh, you know were bombed in Sri Lanka, and um, the. You know, typically we hear about friction in Sri Lanka between Buddhists and mm. Christians or Buddhists and Muslims. And so this was a group of Buddhists who, rather than like, yeah, okay, um, this is what happens in Sri Lanka, and this is what we've been doing for a long time, they're like, no, we need to, um, we need to have a memorial service, and we need to see more of this kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, this is this is what we need to see happening in our world, where the religions of our world actually practice what they preach, because Buddhism proclaims itself as a religion of peace, and it has not had that history in Sri Lanka. Um, you know, Islam. Uh, proclaims itself as a religion of peace and you know this recent attack has certainly um, you know once again added to this image that Islam has as being a, a violent religion they need to do something about their image Christianity um, puts itself forward as a religion of peace and so often we find you know Christians well, we have know, the most bloody history on the planet yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> let's not even go into Christian history it's just um a yeah. bloodbath from start to finish. <laughs> a, a bloodbath. And so we need to see, we need to see, you know, religion standing together in these times of tragedy um, rather than fighting each other or gloating over somebody else's, um, 
tragedy. We, we, we need to see them standing together and pulling together at times like this. I'm just interested when you say that Muslims, the Islamic community needs to uh, work on their image. Like when you say it like that, it almost makes it sound like it's not really who they are. At what point can you start saying, do you know what? These, these Islamic bombings are happening so often, we can just say this is no longer their image. This is just who they are. Yeah, it's a really good point. And, you know, we could ask a very similar question if you go back to, you know, a couple of hundred years to when it was Christians who were perpetrating, you know, all of these yeah, kinds of... Yeah, but that's a couple of hundred years. It needs right. to be a couple of hundred years in between, like, now and the last Islamic bombing. That'd be wonderful, too. Yeah. And then you could say the image has been cleaned up. But true. to say it, like, two days later, it's like... Then again, we could go back to more recent times, say, Northern Ireland... You know, how long ago were the troubles in Northern Ireland? Was it 20 years ago? And they were blowing each other up in Northern Ireland? Still a good time period. Yeah. 20 million years. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, you know, Christianity has certainly done a lot to improve its image. Um, the history is there. The history will never change. But this is the direction that Islam needs to go very aggressively right now. Yeah, because, I mean, because you did the stats the other day, right? And you yeah, were showing, you know, and I like did. from Northern Ireland and from Christianity's history, we're getting further and further away from it, right? But with what we're seeing with the Islamic bombing, you know, the kind of extremist behavior, it's kind of going getting, the other direction. We're going the other direction. We're spiking. Yeah, it's going the other direction. Yeah, and I still want to see education available within is- Islamic churches where. The non-extremists are being taught how to spot extremists. They're being taught how to see when a friend, when someone in the community is maybe we need to get a shake. Maybe we need to get a shake here on the program. Yeah, just actually ask some of these questions. Yeah, absolutely. What are you guys doing? They should be able to spot it, right? How do you spot it? When you do spot it, what do you? What steps do you take? Because like, what, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, have a memorial service and say, I, I "Oh, think, we're really, really sorry." Really every idea. time it happens, I like, think I think we'll do that. I think we're going to do that. I think that's a okay. good idea. Yeah, uh, because this is something that is really current in our world right now. You know, you've got a, a, a British man lost his entire family. He's the only survivor out of his wife and his oh. children, all killed in that. It's just, it's just, and then so many stories like this that are uh, coming out of. Um, Sri Lanka, and I, and I appreciate you saying that you know, like the Buddhist monasteries, and we need to have more memorial services and stuff. But at some point, you have to say, when is just saying sorry again and again and again, and having another memorial service going to be enough? Like we actually want it to stop. We don't want more memorial services. We actually want the bombings and stuff to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you going to do that's tangible? Exactly. Other news around the world: uh, the Philippines is hit by a series of earthquakes, six point five, six point two, six point one. Um, Thankfully, only 15 dead so far. But, of course, these things are a sign of the times, and we have looked at the dramatic increase of um, earthquakes that have taken place, you know, over the last uh, century, which, um, you know, it's only following one course, one very steep J-curve going up, 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 up. Did you see the footage of the um, the high-rise tower in Manila that was shaking and the swimming pool at the top, all the water came flying over the side of the high-rise building. No, I didn't see that footage, but so when, I was, when I was in Santiago in Chile some years ago, um, and of course they had, uh, what was it, a 9.1 or something or other that hit Ooh. that city, and friends of mine that I was having lunch with were talking about how when they went running out of their building, they just about got drowned by all of the water coming out of the swimming pool um, on top of the building. Oh, so frightening. Yeah. You should go online and have a look at it. It's like, it's, it's like a tidal it was interesting. wave. The top they of had the like a 9.1 or something or other and didn't even break a pane of glass in the whole city. Really? Yeah, that city is built for earthquakes. Man, we should build all <laughs> our cities bizarre. like that. Why aren't we all building every city <laughs> like that? That's wild. They put them on big like ball bearings and stuff. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but they just move around and then the earthquake stops and they all come back to where they were before. But anyway, I was reading an interesting news article this morning that uh, was not particularly time-sensitive, but was interesting to me because the other day my GP stopped by. 
Oh, yeah. So we were at home and uh, there was a knock on the door and there's my GP and he was on his way home and he had some uh, test results that he wanted to drop off for me, which was great. And then we mentioned that we're having a Bible study and so he went home, got his Bible, came and joined us for a Bible study, which was awesome. And then, uh, but in the course of that conversation, he talked about an agriculture program that he has running that I was just reading a news article on, um, aquaponics, which is double use of water. Double use of water. Double use of water. You go grow two crop two crops with every drop of water. So when one drop of water is every drop of water is used twice. Okay. Okay. How do you do that? That's, I mean, that sounds cool, but how are you gonna how are you gonna do that? Okay. So you got your, you know your aquaponics where you you, you put your, your aquaculture where you put all of your plants growing water, right? And so normally what you do is you feed water into that and you pour all of your fertilizer into the water, right? Yeah, and it goes, and the, and all the plants they come, you know, growing out of. Um, I used to have friends that used to grow certain crops this way that we won't mention, um, but um, you can grow amazing vegetables, um, really good, good, good crops um, in, in this particular way. Well, what this guy is doing, uh, what my GP does, is he has a he never he never puts fertilizer into the water. Really? No fertilizer. It's a closed circuit system. So the water goes in one end, it circulates through the plants and comes out through a tank. And he never puts fertilizer in it. You know what he puts in it? What? Fish food. Fish food? Fish food. Are there actually fish and his in there? tank his tank is full of koi carp. Like really beautiful, pretty wow. koi carp. You know, that you can take to a you know a, a koi carp festival and you can uh, you know, display and do competitions and all that That's kind of stuff. That's a thing? Yes. I didn't know that. Okay. And that fertilizes the water. So the water goes in one end um, all of, with all of the fish poo in it, fertilizes the plants, comes out. The plants have now cleaned the water. You've got clean water coming back into the fish pond. Um, you add fish food and it circles. And uh, in, in this particular instance here, not, not my doctor, but um, in this one I'm reading about, rather than having koi carp in there, he has Murray cod, so he sells, the, he sells the cod and the vegetables. He's got two crops for every drop of water. I'm so impressed. Give us a call if you have any gardening tips. 1-800-FAITH-FM.
Welcome back. That was Matt and Josie Minigus with Peace here on Faith FM. Before we get into uh, our interview of the day, Mon, have you got another clue for our quiz? Yes. What am I? Clue number three. As a result of sin, God cursed the ground and says it will produce this. Okay, studio audience, who knows the answer? Put your hand up. Don't yell it out. If you know what the ground was cursed with as a result of sin. Yes, we've got one person putting their hand up. You're allowed to um, write your answer here, and uh, we will let uh, you know whether um, Darren has the answer. But in joining us in the studio this morning, we have a celebrity here this morning, uh, prolific author, family ministries director, TV personality, all of the above, yeah. magazine magazine uh, contributor, um, Karen, Karen Holton. Welcome, welcome to the show. Hi, Karen Holford. Holford, sorry, Holford, yes. Forgive <laughs> Lyle, yeah. it's early. It it's is. Okay. <laughs> now, Karen, um, what brings you to Big Camp? Darren, actually. Yes, okay. Darren. So oh, wait, 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 wait. Do I hear a, a, an English accent there? Um, yes. Where, whereabouts, so. <laughs> whereabouts in England are you from? Well, I was born in Yorkshire, but I now live near London, about okay. 30 miles from central London. You have a really nice Pommy accent. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> it is, I like isn't it? it? It's different, yeah, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. it? Different Absolutely. to like the, what are they call the people up the north? I can, I can talk, well, north, north, I can talk Yorkshire, but it's, people don't understand me. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. <Yeah. laughs> be fun. <laughs> e lad, there's a bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the best interview ever. Yeah, no right. one will understand a thing, but we'll have fun. <laughs> Just have to subtitle it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you do family ministries now. Is that with one of the, uh, say, North England, South, South England conferences? Is that um, Trans-European Division. Trans-European Division. Okay, so we've got a very high-ranking person who's joining us here this morning. Wait, wait, wait. So are you visiting from from England or yes. are you here in Australia permanently? I'm just visiting. My brother lives in oh. Adelaide and so I was invited to come to South Australia Big Camp and then Darren found out and he said, oh, you can't come this far and not come to my camp. Because yeah, this is the best camp, right? Well, so I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The South Australia camp was brilliant too, if anyone's listening. She's being politically correct this morning. Like She's not going, not going to offend anybody. No. <laughs> very smooth, uh, very smooth. Okay. Well, welcome to Australia. Love uh, how, how long have you been here now? Um, I don't know, a week and a half or something. Yeah. Oh, you're fresh how, off the how, boat. how are you enjoying jet lags? Great, isn't it? I haven't had jet lags. Oh, you haven't had jet lag? It's You'll amazing. get it on the way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But I've got a few days off. Yeah. Oh, nice. No, actually, do you know what? I find the few days off is actually worse. If you get straight back in your routine, it's fine. But if you give it a few days, it'll mess with you. Okay, I'll it's like, you've got nothing way. to do. Let me hit you around the head a bit harder. <laughs> That's how it is with jet lag. <laughs> so, Karen, you are a prolific author. We have a whole um, row of your books over in Better Books and Foods shop right here at Big Camp. We have The, the shop has travelled with us to Big Camp. Um, in case you are wondering if there is anybody in the Stewart's Point area, this is where you need to head, uh, Stewart's Point Convention Centre, um, where Big Camp is happening. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of subjects are you writing on? Um, family, family spirituality, mostly. So my 100 Ideas books are 100 Creative Ways to Pray, to Worship, to have Sabbath activities, to learn memory verses. But I also have written the family book about families and books for couples and parents and kids' books. Um, as well, a kid's book about death, because often that's not explained very well from an Adventist perspective. So I wrote a book called I Miss Grandpa, which helps children to understand that better. That's amazing. How many books have you written? 
I always hate it when people ask that question because when people count sheep when they go to bed, I try and count how many books they've written. <laughs> and then I fall asleep and never get to the end. <laughs> no, actually, it's about it's between 15 and 20 because I co-authored with a couple of other people. Wow. So, sure. Um, yeah. That's, That's amazing. a lot what of got, books. What, what got you started in family ministries? Your, well, your own family or...? Well, yes. I mean, I'm fortunate to come from a really loving Christian family. And then um, when I got married to my husband, he's the pastor, someone in his college said, hey, you guys are going to Andrews University in America. Learn everything you can about families, because when you come back, we're going to need you. And that was amazing because we had no clue, really. But um, that gave us an idea. Yeah, why don't we do that? So we did that. And so in the first three months of marriage, we did three marriage seminars, two parenting seminars, a family worship seminar. And um, we thought the marriage seminars were hilarious, like conflict, like who does that? But we soon learned. <laughs> <laughs> this is your first three months of marriage. You're talking uh, yeah. about, you're, you're the experts on marriage in the first three months. Well, it, it helped. I think it gave us a good ground. And, and we found that conflict tips useful. We went back and read them later. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. Now, do you have uh, you, got, you have children of your own? Yeah, I've got three adult children. Two of them are married. And my eldest daughter has three kids. So I've got three grandchildren, three, five, ah, and seven. Congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. So you do yeah. not look old enough to be a grandma. <laughs> With that good British skin, because <coughs> you have no sun over there, right? Probably, yeah, lots, <laughs> yeah. Of, lots of fresh rainwater. Okay, so you talk about a uh, hundred ways to. Uh, look, these books that sound very practical. Hundred hundred ways to do this, do that, do the other, do something mm, else. Yeah, because um, people love lists. Like if you're sticking in a list form, like hundred ways to do that, they're like, "Yep, I can read that." Mm, yeah, hundred ways to memorize scripture. Yeah. Oh, give us some tips. Well, all sorts of creative ways. I mean, you have to go buy the book, really. But, but <laughs> she's a good salesman. Yeah. Saleswoman. Um, so, like, using art, using movement, using all sorts of different things to help kids uh, and games and things to help them learn memory verses. What are you actually doing here at Big Camp, this Big Camp? I'm speaking in the family discipleship tent and every day at three o'clock doing things like, well, today I'm doing about conflict. And I'm going to have a, a blazing row with myself. Because normally I do that with my husband. Like we, we model a really bad row. Um, Maybe Mon and I should come because we, can, we could model a blazing we row. In fact, we, well, could, okay. we could actually have a blazing row. We could do one right now if you like. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a plan, actually. Because otherwise I have to do it with myself and it's kind of weird. So I have to be me and then Bernie. Um, <laughs> but but that sounds entertaining. It does. I'm thinking I, <laughs> I need to be there. Watch that. <laughs> I'm wondering whether this is this is more of an uncomfortable row or more of a hilarious row. <laughs> it's a bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> so we do that, and then I, <clears throat> yesterday I did about developing your, your child's character, and the first day I did about ten secrets of great relationships. And um, tomorrow. Ah, good question. What's tomorrow? Oh, yeah, relationships are a piece of cake, and we're going to get cake as well. Ooh, I'm really liking the sound of this now. What what time is your meeting again? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. I don't think I'll be there. I don't think we have. I don't think we have anything. My schedule is suddenly clear. Three (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. Can I just ask? Do you do most of your work within the scope of Adventism, or do you do it like in other Christian groups, or even in the secular sector? Um, so I often, it's usually in the church, but actually mm-hmm. I cover 22 countries across Europe. And when I go there, they often use me as an outreach speaker. So I speak to the community on relationships because it's something that will bring people along. How do you find Adventist families stacking up against non-Adventist or even non-Christian families? Like, are we doing all right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I often actually, I know this sounds crazy, but sometimes I get concerned with how many like you know help books there are for families, uh, when I go to the ABC store and I, the Better Books and Food, and I see all these books, I'm like, man, are we stuffing it up so bad that we need this much help? I kind of wonder because you, you tend to think 
a Christian family should be a model family, right? We should be nailing it and showing other people how to do it. So, and what, like, how do we stack up? Well, <clears throat> actually, there were no perfect families in the Bible, so I don't think we should try to be perfect. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I think we're all broken, and I think when we recognize that we're broken, then we can find ways to, to mend um, with, with love and forgiveness and comfort and all sorts of other things like that. So I think, first of all, no one's going to be perfect. But I think God uses the brokenness to grow us closer to him um, because it's only in broken families you can really learn about what it means to forgive, to comfort, to accept each other, to really love when the tough stuff comes. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think we struggle. I think everyone struggles. And I think God uses that. He wants to use that to grow us. But sometimes we don't really realize how much he wants to grow us through that. Are there any families out there that uh, are really just not broken families like your classic perfect little Christian family? Do you ever stumble across those kind of families? No. Yeah. Not even that's a, <laughs> I think whenever humans are going to be involved, yeah. imperfection will follow very closely. Now, your husband's not joining you this trip. Yes. That's disappointing. Where, where, where is, what's he doing? Um, he- He's pastoring two big churches near Luton in England, and we thought about him coming along, but in the end... Um, we weren't going to get out and see much. It's going to cost us a fortune to bring him over. And I'm going to New Zealand after this and traveling around. So this time not, but maybe next time. You're speaking in New Zealand as well? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next uh, week. So all of our uh, Kiwi friends, if you're listening uh, online, um, stay tuned. Um, yeah, Karen Holford will be joining you over there very, very soon. It sounds like you travel a lot with your work. You're in charge of, what, 22, 23 different countries, something like yes, that? Yes, yes. Um, with family ministries. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's, a big, that's a big task. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that would actually involve a lot of travel mm-hmm. with a lot of time away from you know, your husband, your family. Yes. How do you manage that and still make it work? Well, fortunately, we have a really rock-solid relationship, and fortunately, there's things like uh, FaceTime and WhatsApp calling. And my husband. Yeah, a little had, bit different from back in the day when, you know, say, yeah. for instance, Ellen White came to Australia and if you wanted to write to your family, that was a three month. Um, yes. <laughs> three months for the letter to get one direction. That's four letters a year, that's not much. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we have this special thing we do every day where I have a bar of chocolate, really good chocolate. He has a bar of really good chocolate. And we FaceTime and share a piece of chocolate. We do that when we're home as well at the end of the day. So <clears throat> that's kind of a nice connection point. So we do that and we talk about everything. So, yeah, we try. So the bar of chocolate is there, um, t- tell, tell me, more, you, you, surely you could do this without a bar of chocolate? Well, it's, it's just a little ritual we have of one piece of chocolate each. And so when you're do, do, you, do you encourage um, couples to have little rituals where they... Uh, yeah. Yep, yeah. It just sort of connects them. It's really important, actually, because um, a friend of mine discovered, he's a family therapist in New York with really busy families, that if you connect really well, 10 one-minute points throughout the day, then um, so you have one minute connection points that show your love and care um, three before you leave the home throughout the day and then as soon as you get back you connect really well but that helps you to survive the, the really like busy times and tough I, stuff I really like that can you tell me like how simple of a connection point can a connection point be like is it can be as simple as like just sending a quick text or does it have yes. to be like, like yeah, how complicated a really meaningful be? text it can be a you know one minute kiss try doing that after you've been married for 30 years <laughs> don't normally kiss that long <laughs> after that but um, making someone a hot drink saying I don't know sending them something funny giving them a big hug writing a message and sticking it in their bag so all different sorts of things doesn't have to be really complicated so we get couples to make a list of all the things you can do in one minute so they've got some ideas so 10 mon- one, one minute, minute. connectors mm-hmm. oh. to try it with the kids as well probably Wow, you I like this idea. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I like this idea of rituals because Shell and I have this ritual of playing a game of cribbage over breakfast every morning, hmm. and we've done that for how many? How many years have we done that for? Like maybe 
cribbage, by the way, is a really boring card game. No, just in just, case you just, sure. <laughs> Lots of maths, little on fun. Okay. It's it's it's, it's <laughs> awesome. Don't take any notice of, of of Monica. I think it was invented by the British. <laughs> <laughs> the wider Americans play it. <laughs> I don't know, but I did actually look up the history one time, and it was invented by the British somewhere. I don't know if it was with Wales or somewhere or other. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure it wasn't Yorkshire though. Have you heard of cribbage? I've heard of it, but I don't really think about it. I think yeah. chocolate sounds... Okay, so... Like so, so. <laughs> <laughs> We're on our way playing the chocolate over cribbage any day. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Um, so you're, you've got grandchildren now. Yes. Do, have you written so books fun. for uh, grandparents? And no, I'm work- that'll be the next one. That's the next one. one. Okay. <laughs> so, so with your with your with your writing, have you have you sort of started with where you're at? So when you got married, you started with talk- writing about marriage, and then when you had children, you started writing about children, and then and now and now you're you know, and then you had teenagers, you start writing about teenagers, and the next step is to write about grandchildren. Is that kind of how it works? It's not been quite as developmental as that. I think when I had teenagers, I probably didn't write about that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Might not still be speaking to me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, actually, my first book um, was about miscarriage because that was our first, ex- well, first oh. big experience. And I wanted to write a book about what being a mum taught me about God's love, called, and it's now called um, Muddy Finger, Sticky Feet or something. Um, so I wanted to write that, but God said, no, you've got to write the miscarriage book first. So that's what I did, and uh, that's what got me started, really. That must have been hard. It was really hard because um, while I was writing it, I got pregnant again unexpectedly. And um, so I already had two kids when I wrote it. And then I was having my third one when I was actually writing it. And I thought, whoa, I don't know what, how this book is going to end, what's going to happen with this pregnancy. So that was a bit sticky. and um, But actually it helped me resolve and make sense of some of the stuff and put me in a lot better place by the time I finish the book. And it's called The Loneliest Grief. It's probably almost out of print now, but um, I know it's been helpful to people. So. Yeah, and when, when you say the loneliest grief, why did you call it the loneliest grief? I think because almost no one else shares the experience of that little life. And so no one else, it doesn't mean much to anybody else, but it can mean the whole world for you. Because as soon as you found you're pregnant, as soon as I found I was pregnant, like, you know, you, you project into the future what that's going to mean. And you think about the child and you have all your hopes. So you have like more than just a tiny fetus. You have like all these expectations and hopes but no one else has that really and um people hardly knew I was pregnant so it was and it was my husband and I first experience of grief so it was you know we had to work our way through that too do you find that people give a lot less attention because of that you know because they haven't seen the baby they haven't experienced the baby and it's just like okay she had a miscarriage that's really sad uh move on yeah, Whereas yeah. with, you know, if you'd, if you'd lost your husband, for instance, they mm. might have really been there for you. Yeah, I think so. I think that's really what it was like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like a really important book. Maybe you need to um, <laughs> to, to bring that one back into print again. Ah, unfortunately, we're running out of time. I can't believe that. Um, but anyway, we do need to introduce our next song. Uh, we've been talking about families and children, and this comes from a brand new CD, which is a children's CD. Um, um, produced or put pulled together by Carly Fletcher. She'll be in on Friday to talk about more about this CD, and we are going to listen to Anna Beden with All Around. Oh 
you go
For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happy hearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy hearts, free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Part of camping caravanning scene? Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18. Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 024994-3220 or simply email graynomads at adventist.org.au. Thy presence 